I think that a really important thing to ask yourself is what do I want to accomplish from this and what's my time frame? You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. I'm Steve Gordon. For the first five years, this podcast was known as the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. The episode you're about to hear uses that name, but don't worry, you're in the right place. Same great content, new name. Enjoy. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And let me tell you, we've got a fantastic interview today. Uh, This is going to be, I think, a, a deep dive into how to get attention for your business, how to promote yourself uh, in media and uh, and how to go to really the next level in your business. And so I am excited today to talk with Esther Kiss. She is the founder of Born to Influence, a publicity firm specializing in helping experts and personal brands get more credibility, more leads and more sales. Her clients have been featured on TV, in newspapers, magazines, and on some of the top podcasts in the world, resulting in millions and millions of dollars in additional sales. She's worked on campaigns in a variety of industries from software as a service products, mobile apps, digital information products, to New York Times and national best-selling book launches, to philanthropic projects, so really the, the whole gamut. And she's also uh, the producer and host of Born to Influence, uh, which is a marketing podcast where she interviews highly successful entrepreneurs and best-selling authors about their publicity and marketing strategies. So I am excited to have you here today. Esther Kiss, welcome. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me on this show. Yeah, great to have you. And um, I would love for you to give everyone just a little bit of a background on you and how you got to this stage of your career, just so they can kind of understand uh, a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm a very curious person, (laughs) which allowed me to move around the world. I've lived in six other countries before I moved to the U.S. I've been here for 15 years now almost. And with publicity, it started because my background is in marketing. And back in 2012-ish, I've discovered this whole world of experts and online coaches and internet marketers. And I'm like, hmm, (laughs) this looks so good. Well, what do I do? I don't know. Because <laughs> traditional marketing is a little bit different in terms of how how and what you deliver, what's your approach, and how you work with clients, etc. And so we had this genius idea with a friend of mine to start a podcast, and we named it "Born to Influence." And the whole plan was to connect with influencers. With and back then, the influencer thing was not a term like it is today. Really, with people who are established in their careers, they're entrepreneurs who have done well, who know what they're doing. They have a strong track record. And I didn't know what my offer would be. I just knew that I needed to build these relationships and we'll figure it out on the way. (laughs) And so we started this podcast and we got to interview people like Gary Vaynerchuk, like Perry Marshall, like really some of the big name players in the space. And every time we finished the interview at the end, I would stop the recording button and I would say that, hey, I know you have this book coming out or you have this event, this course that you're launching. Would you like to be on other shows as well? And they always said yes. <laughs> so I started connecting them, introducing them, booking them in all these different media outlets and initially only podcasts and completely for free just to help them out to build those relationships. And then one of my clients came to me at that time. I've been writing some blogs for him as a ghostwriter. And he's like, hey, I have this best-selling author. He was running his Facebook ads for his book campaign. And he's like, can you help him get on some more shows? Because he's seen how I'm doing that for others. And he's like, "Uh, that would be really helpful for us. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, yeah, but this time you have to charge for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I literally went on Google, okay, how much does a publicist make? <laughs> and so I figured out my offer from there. And that was back in 2013, 14. And uh, it's become a full service agency now where we do both traditional media, TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and also online media, podcasts, YouTube shows, Facebook Live interviews, LinkedIn Lives. It just depends on what makes sense for that particular person and their business, their goals. We establish, you know, our, our benchmarks of what we want to accomplish and then away we go. Yeah, I, I love that. The Just the going through that process of discovery to figure out what the offer really is, going into it and trusting that if you build relationships with the right people, you will find a problem that they need solved. And, yeah. um, and you certainly did. So you're, you're helping people get this exposure. Um, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago that it's really different than traditional marketing. I would love it if you kind of talk about some of the differences and what you think some of the advantages are of being seen in, in media. Yeah, so traditional marketing generally focuses only on brand marketing. So there is another accountability that we have with, uh, for example, online PPC ads, right, where you can track to the penny what is helping your actual campaign. The other thing, too, is that it seems to me that online business owners and experts have a better sense of who their target market is and they are not blanket marketing the city, right? They're going really specifically after the kind of people who they can actually help. A good example would be your author clients, right? Because they're writing a book, understanding the problems of what their target market uh, are facing and then offering some of the solutions, the first steps through the book. And then of course, through their consulting and services and products they are offering proper help, right? Like that goes beyond the book. And so uh, I, I think that the biggest difference is really being specific and therefore being able to deliver better results with a much, much smaller budget than if you had, for instance, a jewelry company or something, you know, of that sort. That's something that I've, I've worked in in that space. So um, with publicity, publicity is not exactly marketing. It's a little different, but it is connected. And because my background is in marketing, I always like to marry the two and make sure that even though the campaign that we we create for clients are specifically for helping them get media interviews and we train them, we prepare them so they can give compelling interviews. At the end, I always close every campaign once their interviews are starting to get published with how do we take some of these interviews and integrated with your existing sales and marketing funnels. And I don't do the implementation on that, but I certainly can work with their team and show some stuff that has worked for all of my clients. Because imagine like, let's say you have a TV clip and then you run it in your Facebook marketing as a retargeting ad, or you put it in your autoresponder campaign, or you send it out ahead of time to a client before you would get on a sales call with them on a consultation call. That really helps build trust and warm up those leads so that you actually get a lot more bang for your buck from your publicity because your sales cycle shortens. So I, I want to make sure that people really get the best, best results possible. And, and that comes from marrying the to-do marketing and publicity. You know, you, you highlight something really important. So one of the things that I hear a lot from people who are thinking uh, about doing a podcast, a question that comes up is, well, why would anyone want to be a guest on my podcast? I don't have any audience yet. And audience is a great reason. You know, if you want to get that exposure, that's certainly a great motivation. But the thing that that I've learned through all the years we've been doing this podcast is that the smart guests would do it for even a small audience because they know they're going to create this really great asset that is going to allow them 
to shine yeah. appears that they're in media and then they're going to use it in their marketing. And the people who see it in their marketing don't know how big the audience was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, um, there is there is something to be said for how, say, 10 years ago, a lot of people were really purely focusing on getting the New York Times bestselling authors, for example, on their podcast, thinking that people are searching for that author's name and it will help boost the podcast. But now there are literally millions of podcasts. And the reality is that somebody who has a huge following won't necessarily promote every single interview that they've done unless it's a big show. So it's important to go in with expectations of, okay, what can I offer? How can I help this person? And go with with wanting to build that relationship. And then also what you were saying with using that content later, for sure. But as an example, when when I interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk, when we first started the podcast, I invited him before we even launched the podcast. So we had no website, no nothing. Like literally nothing to show. But I was able to say that, hey, you know, these are some of the people that have already committed to promoting their episode because we started with, with people who we knew who were entrepreneurs. And so I knew the collective audience size from there. I knew our ad budget. So how many people we can roughly reach through that as well. And I was able to put that there. And, and he was one of the really smart ones too, because he back then that was during when he was promoting uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Hmm. And so he committed for an entire year year to do every single interview that he could and look at where he's so yeah so definitely there is a lot to be said for for doing the smaller shows as well generally for my clients I always try to make sure that the the shows that we book them on are the mid to large shows if we only wanted to do the large ones every single one will be like six months or eight months before we get them on you know because they're so competitive and they're being booked several months out. So that's not enough repetition. But if you do a lot of the mid-size one and a lot of the big ones, that's great. I would say the baby shows that started two days ago, you know, a lot of them fade out. So so right. I always like to keep in touch with people who just started the podcast and then I'll tell them that look, let's let's look at it in a couple of months. And then mm-hmm. that way they get a chance to to make sure that they actually like doing the podcast. They are consistent with publishing. I don't want to waste my clients time that they do an interview that never goes anywhere. Right. But at the same time, if they do have some traction, then there is no reason not to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, well, I, I want to take a stab at PR. I've always wanted to get in media. How would you begin to have a conversation with them about what's the right fit and when it makes sense sort of in the development of their business to go that route? Uh, so how would you start that conversation? Yeah. So it depends on what their goals are. If, for example, it's for a book launch, then we need to realize that we need at least six to eight months before the book comes out. If their goal is to do a bestseller campaign, if it's already out or there is a very short time, then as long as they understand that we are not able to ramp up pre-orders because the timeline is so short, but we are taking more of a slow burn approach, then, you know, we adjust the campaign based on that. Now, as far as what kind of media to go after, it would depend on, first of all, what kind of publicity have they had so far and also what their goals are. So if it's mainly to establish credibility and to build their brand, 
then I would say we definitely have to have some mainstream media. So TV, radio, magazines, the business publications like Forbes, Inc. Entrepreneur. Because once you have a few of those and you put it on your website as seen on and you have those logos with actual interviews behind them, because a lot of people just put it there and they never done anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that. But, you know, like it, that, that really helps with conversions as well. Now, if somebody has a very, very niche offer and they don't care as much for the brand building part of it, they just want as many leads and sales as possible, then most likely we want to get them on podcasts and YouTube shows and things that are more towards smaller but niche audiences that are almost ready to buy, right? And in a lot of cases, we actually want to take a two-pronged approach, do some mainstream media and a lot of online media, and that way they get the best of both worlds. Well, and and when you do get those sort of credibility badges, it tends to open up a lot of other things, uh, I would imagine, you know, because now you're you're more of a proven quantity. People know that, that, okay, they've done major interviews. They're going to show up. They're going to be, you know, engaging. And, um, and so they've, it's sort of that social proof aspect, I guess. Absolutely. It's kind of like writing a book. Once you're an author, (laughs) you know, no one can take that away from you. Once you've been on CNN, no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So as you then engage with, with a business to begin to get them coverage, I would guess that for a lot of them, they need help clarifying their message. Is that one of the first things that you help them kind of hone in and be able to deliver? Yeah, yeah. So I have a whole process called your intentional media message content that we go through. It takes about an hour and a half to two hours, even for people who are really established and they know what they're doing inside their business. If they have not done publicity before, we need to look at it through a media uh, media's perspective. So what we what I like to do is to make sure that we understand clearly what are some of those pain points that their target market, who is their target market? What are some of the pain points? What are their desires? And then what are the emotional triggers that create those thoughts and fears, right? And desires, like what are some of those things? And then how can we find stories in the person who is about to do the interviews in their experience, in their lives, whether it's personal, whether it's business, whether it's through their clients, to find specific examples that would tie into those and to speak to those. Because what people need to really understand when you're going first for media is how you deliver your interviews is going to be very different than, for instance, if you're doing a speaking it, right? You have your five talking points, you do it on every stage, right? The person who is in the audience is not going to follow you around the country to see you on every stage. But when they hear you on a podcast, what do they do? Oh, I like this. I want to hear another interview. I want to hear another one, right? So we want to make sure that you always have at least one golden nugget that's just for that one interview. So it always feels fresh, right? The person who is listening to you and they started following you, they're like, wow, I always learned something from this person. This is cool. And then the other thing too is that, for instance, if you go on TV, it might be two or three minutes, really short. That's a very different way of delivering your message on what your key talking points are than a half an hour, an hour in a podcast. Yeah, much much more difficult, honestly. Um, trying to get something in that short time period requires a great deal of thought and preparation. Yeah. Yeah. And and part of the reason I, I like to work with my clients on this is because when we pitch for TV, I always try to make it so that we basically pre-produce the segment, not to physically produce it, but the content we give it so that 
a lot of times the introduction that I write, they literally read it out in the voiceover, <laughs> you know, in the intro to the interview. And then such and such expert, you know, local or, or whatever it is, or timely because of an upcoming holiday or, or a charity that they're involved with, whatever it may be, available to discuss such and such. And then we give them the talking points. Now we know what the questions are. So it's not that hard because they... The interviewer doesn't want to put you on a spot, right? They also have to go with the flow. They have to be able to meet their next deadline for the next commercial break. So they don't want to have dead space there. They don't want, they want to make sure that they look good. The guest looks good. So we try to make it so that everybody is happy and prepared. Well, and I would imagine they've all got busy schedules. They don't want to have to go do a lot of research to come up with what to ask. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and honestly, the same on podcasts. I'm I'm amazed sometimes when you know, we book a guest and, and we get little to no background information, you know, and we want to make a, make it a productive experience for the guest. And so I think that's a big that's a big tip for anybody that's trying to do media is to to make it easy for the interviewer to to pull the best out of you. Yeah. And most podcasters are really good about that too, because they'll let you know that, hey, can you send me your bio or your headshot or they have it on the form and you make the appointments. So it's automatic for them as well. If not, then of course, uh, it's up to you to pay attention. That's right. That's right. So just kind of walking through the process. So you've gotten somebody booked, you've kind of helped them develop their message and they go and they, they do the interview. What do you do with it from there? So that's when we come with, okay, which are some of your best ones that have come up so far? Where can you use it to get better results in your marketing? So as an example, it might be to put it in your advertising campaign, to put it in your autoresponder, to chop it up and use parts of it in your blog. You could literally download the audio of a podcast, right? And then take sound bites and put it in little social media snippets or on your blog or in your emails. Use it if you have a consultation kind of application process for clients, then you use it ahead of time with the interview. When you're building relationships with people, it could be that maybe your marketing approach is such that you're reaching out to people on LinkedIn for speaking gigs as an example, right? So think about it from a conference organizer's perspective. If they have a bunch of applications, they all seem good, but then this guy has like five TV clips. So, <laughs> you know, a real, I mean, they, there is an advantage there, right? So I uh, definitely want to make sure that you look at what's working right now and how can we enhance that with what you what you gained from this publicity, right? The other thing too, is that you want to make sure that you're using, or in this case, if I'm doing the campaign and I'll be using it, to get bigger opportunities. So for example, if I'm pitching somebody for a TV show, let's say a TV interview, then I might I'll link them to a Forbes article on the same topic. I'm not going to give them the competitive TV networks interview because then, you know, then there is a little bit of, a, they don't want to have the interview. But if it's from a different type of media outlet, then, then they see that it's a trending topic. It's something that actually editors have decided that they want to feature. And so it really helps with getting them on too. Yeah, I can imagine. So, you know, as you're working with, with your clients going through this, what are some of the things that they might do that, are there any types of clients for whom this doesn't work or are there things that they can do to sort of sabotage along the way, like things to look out for? Um, well, I don't take in clients, so I don't think I can help. But who can we not help? I mean, 
Okay. So one is if somebody has just taken a course and now they want to teach it, that's not going to work. <laughs> so they have to have actual expertise. They have to have a solid business. Uh, the other thing too, I, I always like to make sure that people who we work with have a way of converting those offers, right? So if they only want to sell the book, they're not going to make much money, right? They have to have something, consulting or courses or even something behind this software, whatever it might be, right? Uh, and then, I mean, this sounds really shallow, but it is important. You want to make sure that you look and feel marketable and presentable. Like, you know, if somebody has two teeth and that's it, I mean, that's, you know, they're not going to get on TV. So you, you have to look, you don't have to be a supermodel, but just look presentable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, for for people with books, there's the pre-launch if they're going for the bestseller. And really, this could apply at any stage with a book. We've done, for our for my own books, we've done podcast blitzes two years after the fact, mm-hmm. uh, after publishing, just because we wanted to, to create interest. But for other businesses who maybe haven't gotten to that point yet, what stage of business does it make sense for them to really be looking at, at publicity and, and PR as a, a lever of growth? But generally, you want to make sure that you have enough marketing savvy to have at least a half a million dollars probably in revenue. I'm talking about businesses who have a, a face to the brand, the founder usually, right, who would be who would be doing the interview. Most businesses who I work with are in a seven to eight figure uh, category uh, only because it would be really hard for them to, to invest the money if it's less than that, if it's under half a million for somebody who's actually good. You can certainly find very inexpensive services, but then the results will be, you know, not so good. <laughs> it's, it's just the reality. It's like that with anything. You get what you pay right. for. So I would say that, if you are not at that stage yet, but you really want to do some media, get a course, get a couple of books on the topic, start leveraging your existing relationships, start building relationships, start reaching out to people and start getting those introductions and connections because that will help you get featured as well. And then it kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. And if you are at that sort of earlier stage in business, at least going to podcasts is a relatively easy way to get into and get begin getting media coverage. Now, it may be more difficult, I would imagine, to get that mainstream media, you know, that that kind of in. Um, and I know having professional help is is huge to to make that leap. But if somebody's just starting out, I think podcasts are so accessible because there's so many of them. Yeah. And and I feel like uh, even with mainstream media, I mean, if you're somebody living in a particular town and you want to be on local TV, there is no reason why not to pitch yourself. Producers really like the local angle and they like to feature people in their community. So I would say just go for it anyway. And worst thing is that they're going to say no. Then four weeks later, you try again. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so anything is local that's within driving distance. So within a couple of hours of you, if it's not exactly in your town, but localish enough that will work and then the other thing too is that with podcasts i mean with the big shows are definitely picky so particularly in the business space if if you're author you're an author as an example and you're helping people with marketing or with some copywriting whatever it is to to grow businesses they usually want to make sure that you yourself in your business have a certain amount of revenue or certain amount of attraction because it's also their credibility in the line but the smaller podcasts are not necessarily looking at that so that's a good way to get started and and uh, get some practice with your interview skills too Absolutely. Absolutely. So now for 
the slightly bigger businesses. I would love if you could share a story. I'm going to put you on the spot. If you could share a story of a success, somebody who's come in and worked with you and really, you know, really been able to to leverage the the publicity that they've received. Yeah, definitely. So I I give you a couple of examples. One is Ryan Levesque, who uh, wrote the book Ask and Choose, and I worked on both of his campaigns, both of his book campaigns. And so Ryan is somebody who has developed the methodology on how to survey your market before you build a product or service that you want to create, right? So that you don't put all the time and energy and money into something that nobody wants to buy. So he has he was running an agency and you know in all different verticals, like twenty three different industries, sold over one hundred and fifty million dollars of products and services before he wrote the book. Now, not every one of my clients has that level of traction, but just just to give you a little bit of context, he wrote the book and the idea was that people who read it and get the methodology, now they want to apply to be part of his mastermind, that they want to have the software that he created to actually use what they read in the book, right? And so what we did, Ryan is very, very metrics driven. So he he has this perfect funnel with the perfect... You know, like they're tweaking it all the time, but it, but it shows exactly what leads that which which route they're taking and where they're coming from. So what he did is that he would do a unique coupon code for every single show that he did, and so he would know that this person came from this podcast, that person came from that podcast, and and uh, the, one of the really genius things that he did too is that he was doing a lot of Facebook advertising to retarget people, and instead of just saying get my book, get my book, a lot of those were the podcast interviews. He was directing people to that as content and they would warm up and 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 buy his uh, book and then eventually become part of his mastermind. And so we ended up uh, adding over $1.8 million per year to his business with that one campaign. And then with the second one, we did even better because of course that by then he had the brand recognition. So that worked really, really well. I would say that one thing that, that is not perfect in this method is that you never know that just because that person came from that this particular show that they didn't listen to five other shows. So that repetition definitely plays into it. So it's not like you can to the penny pinpoint, even no matter how <laughs> metrics driven you are, but it's a really great and, and sophisticated way of, of looking at how you can seriously grow a business. Now, uh, another example that I wanted to give you because it's, it's somebody who is an author and he has not even had a Facebook page, like literally no online presence whatsoever, uh, my client, Akshay Nanavati. And he wrote a personal development book and then had a course on the back end. And the book is called Firvana. And Ashley is actually such a hustler. He he got the Dalai Lama to write the forward for him. Oh my gosh. Wow. So he he really huge. is going. And so, you know, because... Um, he went to Iraq twice, you know, he was a veteran and, and part of the stories of the, the whole thing about the book is he is saying not to try to overcome your fear, but to use your fear to, to get you to where you want to go. And it's a really mainstream kind of topic. It's not just for entrepreneurs, but it applies to a lot of verticals. So we got him in all these different magazines and TV and everything and uh, podcasts. And so now his book sells in 40 different countries and he's got speaking gigs and all those things. So even if you're starting from zero as far as your social media presence, as long as the story or the pitch is powerful enough, it can absolutely work. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I love those stories. So what haven't we covered that that a listener really needs to know before we wrap things up? Yeah, I think that a really important thing to ask yourself is what do I want to accomplish from this? 
and what's my time frame? Because like what we talked about earlier is right, the brand versus leads. Probably you want a little bit of both. So get clear on what kind of media would make sense for you. I can certainly help with discussing that if somebody's serious about this. Uh, the other thing too is, you know, if your book is coming out tomorrow, we can get on it, but it's not going to be for pre-orders, right? So if you want a book launch that's happening next year, this will be roughly a good time now in May to, to get started with that, right? To, to start lining up those interview opportunities and make sure that you actually have enough lead time to get the best ones right before the book comes out. So that that would be the only two things. What kind of media and what kind of time frame you're working with? Okay. Yeah. That, that good good things to factor in. So Esther, where can people find out more about what you're doing? What's the best place for them to go to connect with you? Yeah, you can connect with me through my website, borntoinfluence.com, or just email me at Esther, E-S-T-H-E-R, at borntoinfluence.com. Yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes. This has been such a pleasure. I'm so glad you stopped by, and uh, been it's been really educational. Thanks for sharing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of The Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, Work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put, I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.